Hello, folks. Welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show, rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. How's it going? This week has been actually kind of short, but it's felt very long. Hope everyone had a great holiday weekend last week. Uh, there are a lot of uh, big headlines and a lot of stuff coming up next week. So let's get to our top stories. Well, Nintendo did the thing, or at least they kind of did the thing uh, after E3 came and went with no announcement of a new Switch console version. Uh, a lot of people were scratching their heads about what was coming, if there was a cancellation or if, if there was just a delay of an announcement of a new Switch version. But this week, out of the blue, comes the announcement of a brand new version of the Nintendo Switch that doesn't quite reinvent what the system is about. In fact, it is basically just an OLED version of the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it is $350 and it is coming out on October 8th, which will coincide with the release of Metroid Dread, which is probably at this point safe to say Nintendo's biggest release of the winter. Uh, there are some changes to this version that should pique the interest of uh, folks that already own Switches and folks that uh, don't yet own a Switch. The OLED display is a pretty big upgrade from folks that I've read that have done hands-on and folks that we've talked to. Uh, it's a 7-inch OLED display, which is a bit bigger than the 6.2 inches of the original Switch and the 5 inches of the Switch Lite. That is a pretty nicely sized screen. It's got less of a bezel, so it takes up more of the room of the front of the console. Uh, it's going to have better black levels. If you've ever had an OLED TV, first of all, I highly suggest you get one if you can afford it. Uh, they have really, really deep blacks, so the contrast of all the colors is more vivid and actually more lifelike, uh, and it's a really, really beautiful display. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Of course, the Vita did an OLED display a long time ago. That's why that system looks so good to begin with. Finally, Nintendo is uh, putting an OLED display on this device. Uh, there will be a better kickstand on the Switch. Uh, if you have ever uh, noticed your little tiny, uh, I think it's maybe a half inch wide kickstand on the back of your Switch, it doesn't really do a whole lot. It kind of feels flimsy, it kind of feels like you could break it, and it doesn't really hold up your Switch uh, really at all. That's why there's an entire third party market of kickstands out there that basically set up little mini dock kickstands kick for the Switch. Uh, they basically on a full back uh, kickstand and it's adjustable, can actually go through different levels of height and tilt depending on what you want. And it, it it's a, obviously a better, a, a big, big, big improvement on what's already there. Uh, there were uh, no uh, real details about this item, but they say there are better speakers, basically better sound quality on the system itself. Uh, we don't really have a whole lot of details up there yet. Uh, the internal storage on the new device is going to be 64 gigs, which is double the amount that comes on the original. Uh, doesn't matter a ton, honestly, because you'll probably still want to have an SD card, which I do. Uh, 
Um, I think I have a 128 in there and it's, it's pretty good for, for what, for what's on there, but yeah, 64 gigs will at least, uh, bump up the internal, uh, storage a bit. So that's nice. Uh, it's a little bit wider than the original switch. It's a little bit heavier than the original switch. Uh, and also the dock now has an ethernet support directly in it. Uh, the dock itself is kind of bigger, glossier and nicer looking. And if you didn't know, you actually have to plug in a USB adapter for ethernet right now, uh, for the original, uh, switch dock. And now it is just a direct ethernet port, also an improvement. Uh, you might've noticed, I didn't say anything about 4k display because it's still going to be 720p. Uh, I didn't say anything about a beefed up processor. That's because it's going to have the same GPU. I didn't say anything about faster load times or anything like that. That's because it's going to have like the same onboard RAM and the same CPU. What is the difference here? Well, this system really seems to be geared for folks that don't yet have a switch or care enough about the undocked experience of the switch to make these uh to to to, to spend the money to make these improvements uh that describes a lot of folks maybe uh but not everyone uh the other thing that's notable here is that there was a ton of reporting uh leading up to this announcement that the new nintendo switch would actually have these things would actually have uh, 4k capability and a better uh, GPU to do things like better frame rates on older games and also support the newer games that probably need a little bit of a boost that was not announced here and so what we're not saying is that those reports are wrong necessarily they still could have a pro version of the switch down the line a lot of folks are quick to remind everyone that if they really are treating the switch more like one of their handheld game uh, game consoles instead of one of their docked consoles then really they do iterate on these things a lot there were i think six versions of a game game boy there were i think eight versions of a ds so it's still very much possible that we're going to see something down the line uh maybe announced sometime next year that does the things that those reports were saying but as of now this is the new version of the switch that we will get in the fall big story we'll be following it and obviously if we get our hands on it uh, we will do some preview coverage of that this week, Sony did a state of play presentation about half an hour long that showcased upcoming games and also gave us an extended look at Deathloop. So let's talk about everything that we saw in that. Uh, the show started off with Moss Book 2. And if you remember Moss, it's the adorable PlayStation VR fairy tale game with the uh, adorable sword fighting mouse. Did I say adorable? I really mean it. This little mouse is so charming. If I owned a PSVR, I would care deeply about this. Unfortunately, I don't. But for folks that do, uh, it looks really cool. It looks like a beautiful sequel to that game, and you should be super psyched about it. Uh, Arcade Geddon is a multiplayer shooter that, and, and folks, I'm really sorry for being this derivative, but I just have to be honest. This game looks like Fortnite. It's It's got some like Splatoon stuff too. It's confusing. It's okay that we keep making Fortnites, but I just don't, I, why am I excited about a new Fortnite game? Anyway, it looks charming. I just don't, I don't know. Arcade again. Uh, fist <laughs> forged in shadow torch, but it's just fist. Um, it's a 2d action game. You play as a, a beefy mech suited anthropomorphic rabbit kind of looks like 
Biomutant a little bit, but it's like a side scroller. It looks really, it's it looks really pretty. Uh, it'll come out on September seventh for both PS4 and PS5. Uh, Tribes of Midgard is uh, not <laughs> not a version of Tribes as we were all hoping on stream as we were watching this, uh, but it is a uh, it's like a it's a isometric isometric like rpg viking game uh it's a little hard to pin down but you know if you like viking stuff if you like isometric action rpgs uh there's something here for you uh a 30-player battle royale game called hunters arena legends uh it's one of the playstation plus games for next month and it's also on pc right now it does not have super great reviews on early access when we looked into it uh but yeah uh absolver the folks that made absolver uh it are also making sifu we've talked about sifu maybe on the show but definitely on some other shows it is a martial arts brawler that looks absolutely cool uh it's coming to ps5 and ps4 uh, there is a delay it was supposed to come out this year but it's going to come out early 2022 um they that, that the weight is good it looks very cool a lot of environmental interaction with your brawling which i super love reminds me of like my favorite martial arts movies there's also an interesting aging mechanic about you know, if you die and you want to resurrect, you're a little bit older, but you eventually do die and you have to be someone new and kind of start over. Uh, it's an actually interesting concept and, and it'll be interesting to see how that gets implemented. Uh, but Sifu looks really, really cool. Another game that really caught my eye when it was announced and definitely caught my eye during the uh, the state of play is Jet the Far Shore. Uh, if you remember Swords and Sorcery, a mobile game from ages ago, uh, it's the folks that made that game. And this looks like a weird mishmash of like no man's sky and uh and outer wilds and um like star trek and it just looks like really really cool like community building and making sure you've got like a place on these interesting planets that you explore um i don't know i just love the way this game looks uh so you can definitely check out the trailer on our piece on fanpy.com uh there's a demon slayer game coming out uh based on the hit anime it's coming to ps5 in october uh we saw a trailer for that can't really tell you much about demon slayer personally but if you like demon slayer it's a demon slayer game lost judgment is the sequel uh to judgment which is one of those rgg studio games they make all the yakuza games uh judgment was pretty cool uh judgment and the judgment series will basically keep doing the action uh brawler format that yakuza was originally known for now yakuza is switching to the turn-based rpg mode and judgment is picking up that mantle uh, we saw some interesting gameplay stuff and of course mini games no game from rgg uh, would be complete without a ton of uh, time sucking mini games they're some of the best in the biz at creating uh, little diversions in their big games uh, we also saw a a bigger trailer for the director's cut of death stranding and yes it is still funny that uh, Hideo Kojima is saying that it's a director's cut because no one was stopping this guy from putting all this stuff in there that's fine uh, but I have to be honest, I kind of bounced off of, of, of uh, Death Stranding. 
this director's cut content kind of pulled me way back in. It, it had uh, a lot of uh, improvements to the combat, which I think was the weakest part of that that game. Uh, a lot of improvements to delivery stuff, uh, like a robot body that can uh, hold your stuff, or like a, uh, a skeleton that will allow you to carry more things on your back. Uh, and that's really, really cool. Here's the weirdest part, is that you can build racetracks and race around them in the sprawling wasteland that used to be recognize uh recognizable america um i i don't know i was kind of blown away by the uh the variety of content that's being put into the new game and they might have got me with this one so uh yeah i may pick up the death stranding director's cut looks pretty cool uh in the 10 or so minutes of the death loop footage uh it, this is a bethesda game uh, i might remind you that it is also a ps5 timed exclusive until september 14th 2022 and then it's free to open up to other consoles presumably to microsoft where uh microsoft now owns bethesda so this is basically an xbox game that is showing up on uh, PS5 for roughly a year. Uh, in the 10 or so minutes we saw, uh, we saw a lot of kind of Dishonored meets Hitman gameplay or you're trying to assassinate a target uh, within a certain time. Uh, I think a thing we all really latched onto when we watched this gameplay is if you played Dishonored, you were punished for killing people in Dishonored. You would get bad endings, the environment around you would get more hostile. It was basically a punishment for uh, killing people willy-nilly in that game. In Deathloop, and, and so because of that, in Dishonored, a lot of folks, including myself and a lot of folks on the Fanbyte staff, would use a lot of stealth uh, powers. And we would basically use one or two stealth powers that allow us to go through the game non-violently, make it to the end, get the good ending, all that stuff. Here's the thing, is that the Arcane folks are really good at building a sandbox of tools to play with. And I think what they did is decide that they had all these cool stuff that they built into Dishonored. Most folks didn't use them because they did a lot of stealth and they said, okay, we're going to basically not take stealth out of the equation, but make it not matter so much. So killing with impunity, basically rewarded in this game, it looks like. Uh, you'll also be uh, hunted down by a rival assassin, which can either be controlled by a person or is a CPU uh, person that comes into the game. So uh, it, this game looks amazing. Arcane stuff is usually always super great, uh, and Deathloop looks uh, no different. So that game looks super exciting. Last week, we also got the news that NetherRealm is officially wrapping development on Mortal Kombat 11 and confirming a new project, although they, of course, have not said what that is. So that means there are no more uh, planned characters to be uh, released or, or any sort of story modules or any modes added to Mortal Kombat 11. There doesn't seem to be any sort of director's cut or anything like that. Uh, they are done with the game for now. Uh, they've made actually a lot of games over the past decade, if you uh, think about it. They've made a few Mortal Kombat games. They made the Injustice titles. Uh, there's no word if they're working on another Mortal Kombat game or Injustice, but NetherRealm is moving on at this point. 
If you think Battlefield 2042 looks pretty cool, well, one of the developers making an unannounced mode for that game is DICE LA, and they're part of that DICE ecosystem that EA owns. Uh, after the game comes out on October 22nd, they are going to rebrand as Ripple Effect Studios and no longer be called DICE LA. Uh, Christian Grass, uh, the general manager for the studio, uh, said, quote, we're proud of our work as DICE LA, and the DICE team will forever be a part of our DNA. But over the past eight years, we've developed our own culture and our own way of doing things. We're excited to look for towards the future, expand the team, and establish our own identity, end quote. Uh, also, an interesting note here is Vince Zampella. He's the CEO at Respawn Entertainment, the folks that make Apex Legends, Titanfall, etc. Uh, he will be overseeing Ripple Effect Studios alongside Grass, which is an interesting thing. Uh, they've got some remote and on-campus positions open now. If you think Assassin's Creed games have gotten a little too long, a little too big, a little too complicated, Ubisoft has heard your prayer and replied, we don't really care. <laughs> because according to a report from Bloomberg, which was also corroborated by Ubisoft themselves, they're switching the entire franchise to a live service model in the future. It's codenamed Assassin's Creed Infinity. It's being developed as part of a collaboration between Ubisoft Montreal, Ubisoft Quebec, uh, the game will feature multiple settings in, instead of just like focusing on one place and time. It will essentially be a platform with which Ubisoft gets to play with different settings and different gameplay types and all of that stuff. Not super surprising that they are going in this direction, although their track record with live service is not super strong with the Division and Division 2 not exactly setting the world on fire, at least outside the game, the Division. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have still not really cleaned up their uh their act in terms of their live service stuff but they're also not really cleaning up their act internally reports from earlier this year still say employees are not super pleased with the company's overall response to the sexual misconduct allegations that have been leveled at many high-level folks within the company uh ubisoft has of course declined to comment on any of that stuff and they basically just say hey we're still working on it uh but yeah, this is a big shift. Uh, it's probably still a few years out. We really don't know if there's going to be something in between Valhalla and Assassin's Creed Infinity yet, but this does seem to be the future of the franchise. I think my favorite piece of news of the week is really harmless, but it was really funny to me. Uh, Sony released a short ad uh, about the PS5. It, it features a father telling his son the story of God of War to get him to go to sleep, which I totally don't get because it's not a super great story to tell a child. I feel like your mom's dead and I'm going to, I'm going to take you on a journey to, to protect you from Norse gods. I don't think that's a great story to tell a child before bed. Anyway, that's not the funny part. The funny part is that the, uh, the shot of the father playing the game in his living room features a, a shot, of course, of the PlayStation five, because why wouldn't you be playing the PlayStation five, except that it's upside down. It's on its side and it's upside down. The disc drive is up at the top, uh, right. Uh, which is not where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be down at the bottom left, flipped. Uh, it's super, super funny. Uh, I don't think this is Sony's fault. I think this is whatever advertising stager uh, set this up and looked at the PS5 and thought, ah, this thing looks weird. I have no idea which direction this goes and just put it the way that they thought it went. I don't blame them at all for that because I think it's just confirmation that the console just looks really weird. Anyway, the funny thing is, is that Sony took the ad down when they noticed that it was uh, not right. So, yeah, you can see a still of the PlayStation upside down over on Kenneth Shepard's piece on fanbyte.com. <laughs>
anyway, yeah, that was a lot of stories to catch you up on, but that's, uh, that's what happened this past week. love looking at the week ahead it makes me feel so excited about what's coming up especially in a week when there's uh, some actually pretty cool stuff coming out so let's get to it uh today which is july 11th my time that's a sunday uh you can you can watch the white lotus on hbo max it is a new uh, limited series tv show it is mike white's return to hbo after making enlightened which is a bizarre little show uh featuring laura dern from uh, years ago and it was uh it was pretty good it was really interesting uh and bizarre uh and so we should expect the same it's about a hawaii resort it's weird workers and it's wacky guests anyway mike white's pretty interesting uh he wrote dead man on campus and school of rock and those are movies that i like even though they make me feel like i'm 12 he also wrote orange county which i think is underrated anyway have you seen that one it's got jack black in it and uh colin hanks the 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 hanks the hanks child that isn't um you know kind of a, a weird a weird guy Anyway, it's good. Uh, Yeah, so that's White Lotus on HBO Max. That's today, July 11th. Uh, Later in the week, uh, we have uh, July 13th, uh, three games coming out. Curved Space uh, is coming out on Switch, which is an arcade twin-stick shooter. Pew Pew. uh, It it takes place in space. Can you believe it? Uh, Looks pretty cool. Uh, Outsider Afterlife is a mobile, uh, formerly a mobile exclusive. It's coming to PC now. It has you control a puzzle-solving android after humanity's demise. Uh, looks pretty interesting. Uh, and also Where the Heart Leads for PS5 and PS4. It's a narrative adventure game from Armature Studios. Uh, they made a bunch of cool stuff, and that game looks pretty interesting. On July 14th, uh, Skydome comes, uh, Sky comes to PC. It's a tower defense and MOBA mashup. And uh, Space Punks also comes to PC as a Diablo Borderlands mashup, if I've ever seen one. Uh, you, if you like either of those things and you're like wow i would love to have both of those together like the entire vibes of borderlands then um space punks looks to be for you on july 15th uh labyrinth city pierre the maze detective which is one of my favorite uh titles of the year uh comes to switch it's uh, been on pc and mobile devices but it's making its way to uh, nintendo's handheld it's basically a maze game uh, but it looks like where's waldo i can't emphasize this enough it just looks like a living where's waldo drawing with a ton of like dense cool stuff uh merit actually played it on stream recently over at twitch.tv slash fanbite uh it's i don't know it's it's really pretty cool um and also uh space jam a new legacy comes to pc and xbox one after being uh a limited uh, uh availability early thing for xbox folks uh at the beginning of the month uh it's a beat-em-up uh, you can play as LeBron or Bugs or or Lola Bunny, uh, and, so, and it's a beat em up. It looks pretty cool. Uh, on the uh, TV side, for your screens, uh, America Ho- American Horror Stories comes to Hulu. That is Ryan Murphy's limited series that is crucially not American Horror Story, but it's pretty close. It's a little uh, a mini limited series, mini limited anthology, and if you like his other work, I'm sure 
American Horror Stories is very similar to his other work. Uh, also, 20,000 Days on Earth is coming to Hulu. It's a Nick Cave documentary. You know, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Have you heard of music? Uh, that documentary came out seven years ago, uh, but it was uh, well received. So it's now coming to Hulu. On July 16th, uh, F1 2021 comes to PC, PS5, Xbox X, and S, PS4, and Xbox One. Vroom, vroom. Uh, almost all of us here at the fan bike crew has a steering wheel <laughs> we might get we might get hit the track together uh and play this game uh on stream at some point so yeah look forward to that uh within the blade it comes to ps5 xbox x and s ps4 xbox one and switch after a stint on pc it is a retro ninja side scrolling platformer i i can't that's it that's the description for you it looks basically like one of those but if you like those things it's one of those uh and also finally legend of zelda skyward sword comes to switch of course we've been talking about this one for a bit uh, it, uh while i've got you here i can tell you about some of the improvements that were announced for the game uh last week um uh, Fai no longer tries to help you unless you uh, are asking uh, for help. Uh, Fai would also interrupt you like constantly in the original game. I don't know if you remember that, uh, but but she did. Uh, both um, motion and button control options are available, of course. Uh, you use the analog sticks to mimic the, the motion of the Wii. That is to get around some of the accessibility issues that really plagued the original on Switch, and it bugged the, uh, bugged the hell out of me. So I'm glad they are at least giving you another option. Uh, the remaster will run at 60 frames per second. Hallelujah. Uh, players will be able to fast forward dialogue instead of having to sit through those glacially paced auto text sequences. Uh, that was also one of those things that I had forgotten about until uh, Imran reminded me uh, in the in the piece that he wrote on fanby.com. Um, once Link picks up an item and gets an explanation, you'll never see the explanation again for that item. Also a thing that played the original. That was pretty bizarre. And also cutscenes are now skippable. Uh, the cutscenes in that game are pretty cool, but if you've played that game a ton, you might want to skip them. So that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, Skyward Sword HD is coming out on July 16th. Also on the 16th, uh, the bug, the beguiled on Netflix, which is uh, a weird kind of period drama with uh, Kirsten Dunst and Colin Farrell. I'm not really a huge fan of that movie, but I'm bringing it up because most of the film was shot in Jennifer Coolidge's New Orleans home. I read this week. What a weird detail. Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, but the big news for Netflix is, of course, uh, the arrival of Twilight, Twilight New Moon, Twilight Eclipse. Twilight Breaking Dawn 1, Twilight Breaking Dawn 2. That's right, folks. It's time for the entire Twilight Saga to make its way to Netflix. Uh, I I imagine I will uh, guilt watch this entire series again. It's totally buck wild. If you've never watched it, I really think you should. I, I genuinely do. I think it's, I, it's, it's, a, it's a thing everyone should see at least once. Some other things dropping on streaming services this week for your reference. There's a, a documentary on Netflix called Heist. Uh, it's about heists. <laughs> and if you like heists, you should uh, check out You Love to See It, our movie rewatch podcast this month. It's all about stealing. It's all about the heist. It is awesome. It has been programmed by our very own LB Hunk Tears. And so far, it is a real blast. Uh, so you should check out 
those shows and catch up with what you missed so far. Uh, there's a ton of shark stuff dropping on Disney Plus just generally over the, the next week or so uh, to the Nat Geo section. Um, I don't know if it's like their version of Shark Week or whatever, but there's a lot of shark stuff. If you're into shark stuff, Disney Plus has got you covered. Uh, and the Loki finale is this week. Uh, it's only six episodes. I actually really like the show so far. Uh, five episodes in. It's not like a classic. It's not reinventing the wheel, but it's a lot of Tom Hiddleston. It's a lot of Owen Wilson. Uh, it sets up some interesting stuff, I think, for the next sequence of the MCU. If you're into that kind of thing, I think it's the best thing that they've done on Disney Plus with these shows, uh, at least so far. And the finale is this week. Oh, yeah. And also, We Bought a Zoo is coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's show, folks. I want to give my appreciation to Jordan Mallory, my producer for this week, pinch hitting for Paul Tamayo, who is out on the International Space Station. Good luck up there, Paul. If you want to follow Jordan on Twitter, you can at Jordan underscore Mallory. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Floppy Adult. Hey, and if you want to follow Paul, you can do that at Polly Mayo over on Twitter as well. Uh, we're also at Fanbyte Media uh, on the Twitter machine, uh, podcastnet.work for all of our podcasts. You know the drill by now. And until next week, you're welcome. 